Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Motivational Intelligence Podcast, where it's our job to deconstruct what makes people and organizations successful. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. Uh, I'm Sean Johnson, and this is the first of many interviews we'll be doing of extraordinary people, and Paul Nealon is nothing if not extraordinary. So just over two years ago, Paul was paralyzed from the neck down uh, after falling out of a tree. And last week, I watched him walk into our studio and deliver one of the most powerful interviews and tell one of the most powerful stories that, that I've ever heard. I got to be a fly on the wall for this conversation, uh, and now you do too. Uh, so a little bit of background on Paul. He's a big strapping guy. He's about 6'2", and he looks like he could bench press me a few times over, uh, even at 69 years old. Uh, people compare him to, to Hulk Hogan. Dave calls him Paul Bunyan. Uh, he grew up in Rochester, uh, and he went on to become a. He worked in supply chain for for a while. Um, we actually go into Dave. Dave goes into his childhood, his upbringing, uh, his family life, and and how he kind of became to become who he was. Uh, so he he ended up being a supply chain executive at uh, a lot of big companies: uh, Kodak, um, uh, Harris, a number of others. And in this interview, he tells the story, uh, this, this tells the story of Paul's paralysis and the fight back and how he defied the odds to become, as Paul says, 105% of what he was. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. But above all, it's really going to give you a visceral sense of, of hope and optimism in the power of the human spirit. At least that's what it did for me. Uh, I will make one recommendation. Share this with somebody you care about today. It will make their day. I can almost guarantee it. So uh, until next time, uh, please enjoy this episode and uh, feel free to reach out to us and, and let us know what you think. Uh, and in the show notes, you can check out, um, uh, reach out to us. And uh, Paul offers to help anybody going through similar circumstances. And we would love to connect you. So uh, reach out to us there. And until next time, enjoy this episode. The Motivational Intelligence Podcast is produced by the team at Two Logical. Two Logical is an international corporate training firm and the world's leading expert in motivational intelligence, which is the ability to understand, manage, and change the motives people have. Two Logical offers over 30 different keynotes, workshops, and full training courses to small, medium, and large Fortune 500 companies in 53 countries, a lot of which you're probably familiar with. Advisor, Bank of America, GE, Constellation Brands, P&G, and more. All solutions are completely customized and the feedback from these sessions will blow your mind. If you have any training or speaking needs or just want to say hey, head over to twological.com. Well, hello everybody. Uh, welcome to this edition of the Motivational Intelligence Podcast. We uh, we have a very, very cool conversation today. Uh, we're very fortunate to have Paul Nealon here with us. And uh, uh, Paul is a, uh, a wonderful gentleman who I've known for, geez, Paul, how long do you think it's been now? Uh, well, that was before you got married, Dave. Has it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Then you guys are over Midtown. Right? Yeah. And uh, before you and Michelle got married. Okay. And uh, I always, you know, you, the handsome couple, you know, they, you know, I always thought, geez. Beautiful. He's got a beautiful wife too, you know. So he's a good, handsome guy, you know, walking around. And um, my kids, I, you know, they're oh, yeah, who's that guy over there, you know? And so, you know, Claudia and I both, yep. you know, I, we got to know you kind of peripherally, right. if you will. Yeah. But 
it just kind of went from there. Yeah. And, you know, we see each other off and on, and we even had cars that were very yep. similar, yep. even though yours was more expensive. <laughs> you know, but uh, beautiful convertible. You know. I don't know if you still, and then what's he do? He goes out and gets that other sports car, you know. The one with the mid engine. Yeah, I, still I, have that? no, I sold that one. So oh, did you? Yeah, I've, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit of my affliction the automobiles over the years. So, uh, you know, but the, the nice thing is, it's something that I, that my son is very passionate about as well. So it's oh really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's, um, it's been one of those things where, um, you know, kind of pulls the two of us together, yeah. which is kind of cool. They go out and bomb around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. So the cars and the motorcycles yeah. are the common point. Oh, for, you got motorcycles yeah, too. Oh, yeah. Man. So my, that wouldn't go over well with my wife. You know? <laughs> my my oldest one down in Austin, he's uh, he has a uh, motorcycle, and okay. we just found out about it. My wife went off the wall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, she was not happy about it because I'm not getting rid of it. Yeah. So no, my I I bought uh, I grew up with them, and my uh, my father I, I bought my first street bike when I was in college, and and I thought my father was going to disown me, um, uh, so he was he was not happy about it either. Yeah. And then he, uh, uh, you know, he 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 accepted it, and uh, and Ben's grown up with him, so it's just been something that we've kind of had together ever since. So, but Does Michelle uh, ride? She rides with me or rode with me before we had kids, yeah. uh, not since, yeah. and um, so. But she has talked about, uh, you know, about getting one once kind of the kids get settled yeah. and stuff like that. So, really? yeah, maybe maybe down the road we'll see. There's so, a spot. There you go. So Ben gets replaced. Yeah. That's really exactly. Go, okay. Mom bumps him out of there the way. Goes, yeah. 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 Now you're going to have to hang around with her more often. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. Uh, you know it'll, so. it'll be okay. you got to do something. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, cool. So, but so yeah. So Paul and I've known each other then, uh, approaching thirty years. Yeah. Um, met through the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Paul is uh, one of these guys. That, in fact, I was telling Sean the story yesterday. And when when you meet people, you know, you, you, one of the things that helps remember names is is you you know kind of do word association sure. and things like that. So uh, my association for you was Paul Bunyan, uh, oh. you know, because, you know, you know a, a big, handsome guy in good shape. And, uh, you know, so every time I, I, I remember seeing you all those years ago, I go, oh, there's Paul Bunyan, you know. And uh, now, now, you know, so because I'm bald and all the happy stuff and I used to have a, a, a mustache and stuff like that, a lot of people knew me as the Hulk. Right. They called yeah. me the Hulk. Yeah. And yeah. I actually kind of look like the Hulk. You actually do a little bit. My hair was longer yep. on the back and I had a little bit more hair. But yeah. I, and it was kind of funny. And I actually people would call, either call me the Hulk or and somebody just a couple of weeks ago said that to me. He said, you, you look like Hulk Hogan. And I go even without my mustache, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking to myself now, Hulk Hogan is huge, right. as you know, and this was a couple of weeks ago, and, and I got, okay, well, maybe my body's coming back a little bit yep. from where it was, yeah. you know, from where it was two years ago. If you saw me two years ago, Sean, every whole different story, <laughs> you know. Uh, Dave, when was the last time you saw me, I remember when would it be about a year ago or it was uh when you came back into the yeah. gym okay. yeah it was probably it was probably about a year okay. ago all right yeah. so i've added a little bit of size oh, yeah, since no doubt. Then, right so yeah. my definition and stuff is coming back and you know i'm at about 60 percent somewhere around there at least i think 60 percent. there you then. go but um I'm going to 105%. I told you that before. I'm yep. going to 105%. But the other 5% extra is the, the mental side that uh, I'm trying to work on right now. How do we improve the mental side of things? And uh, 
and give back to uh, what I've been given over the last two years and, yeah. and, and where I'm going to carry this. Where, but where does it go? I don't know, but uh, we're going to do something with it. There you so. go. Well, and, and it is a, uh, a, a pretty magnificent, magnificent journey over the last couple of years. We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. Um, so, Paul, you know, share with us a little bit, you know, uh, kind of about your upbringing. Uh, you, did, you grew up here in Rochester? Yep, I yep. grew up in Rochester, uh, born and raised uh, in, in the Rochester area, grew up in Greece, okay. New York, if you will, uh, kind of an up-and-coming uh, area back in 1950. Yeah. My parents purchased a home in, back in 4950, and uh, I was born in 50, so that makes me just about 69, a little over 69 yep. years old. and. Uh, so, uh, went to, uh, Catholic, St. John's Catholic school in Greece and went to Cardinal Mooney, uh, for four years and went on to, uh, MCC, did two years there and thought, oh God, you know, I only need to do two years of college. Right. I'll, I'll be fine. I had, I found pretty good jobs yeah. and everything worked out very well. And then I went over to Eastman Kodak and started and got hired there, but not at the job level that right. I wanted. And uh, they paid for school, okay. and uh, it was like here's an opportunity. Now, uh, go back a little bit further in my in my past. I come from a family of uh, eight kids, so I'm oh, one, of eight, one of eight, one uh, of Third third uh, one, and I have two older brothers. Okay. So, uh, hand me downs were um, a thing that occurred just about every year as we grew into our. Sure. You know, uh, my parents. My dad worked at the post office. My mom was homemaker. Uh, back at that time, most mothers were homemakers. Uh, they didn't uh, didn't work out of the house. Yeah. And um, so she took, with eight kids, she uh, had her hands full. Oh, yeah. And so uh, going to Catholic school, that was um, a little extra uh, a- additional cost to them. Sure. You had to pay, you know, for schooling for each of them. We all had to wear ties and shirts yep. and special pants and all that stuff. So... Uh, to uh, afford that was not easy for them. Right. Uh, but they were very, very hardworking. And, uh, you know, my mom always made sure our clothes were clean. They may not be the newest, but um, they were clean. Yeah. And uh, my dad just went to work every day. And every time he had a chance to work overtime, he worked overtime. Hmm. And so I learned uh, great ethic yeah. as far as uh, work is concerned and just keeping your head down and uh, try to be a good person. And that basically was the way I was brought up. Yeah. You know, it was just shown uh, through, you know, just by seeing what's what's going on and, and how to deal with people. My dad uh, was, an, was kind of an introverted person. Okay. Um, he kept to himself and just family man, top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, I can't say enough about him. Uh, he always says, you know, I wish I could have given you more. I wish I could have done more. He gave me a yeah. lot. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm very fortunate, and my mom and my mom and dad have known each other I think since um, first or second grade. Wow! And so they are both um, 97 years old Jeez. now. Uh, they're coming up, I think, on their 75th anniversary, hmm. and so it's kind of cool that uh, you know uh, you look at that and you go, well, if I didn't keep falling off ladders and, and having things happen to me. Um, I my jo- longevity might be um, a little bit longer, but I'm, and I'm trying to make it longer now. But th- I keep doing dumb things, so yeah. Well, uh, you, I, I you got know. the good genetics. We're, that's that, well, that's, that's a good thing, you we're know. We're working that program yeah, right really. now. So you know, <laughs> my, my parents really they you know uh, from there it was like okay, you learn one thing. Uh, not there's no free lunch. Yeah. 
and you've got to go out and you've got to earn what you're going to get. And yeah. if you don't have it, um, first of all, uh, there's the embarrassment of not having uh, anything. Yeah. Um, and I say that, if my parents heard this, they'd probably say, well, how could you say that, Paul? Well, um, they gave me everything they could. They gave me the ethics, the morals, yep. that type of thing, the, 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 the good education. Uh, but as far as um, extra stuff, it was like, you know what? Back in the day when you could pick up a, a bottle and right. bring it back to the store, and I don't know if you made, I don't know if you remember yeah. that, Sean, you probably don't, but you could pick up a bottle and take it back to the store and they would give you two cents for it. Right. Okay? Yep. And that's how I would pick up 10 cents to, to you know, uh, to, to buy a, I don't know, to buy a Coke. Yeah. You know, something like that. Or, you know, McDonald's was just coming. Well, there wasn't a McDonald's. It was called Carol's at right. that time. Yeah, Carol. I remember Carol's. So, you know, to, if you wanted to go down and buy a 12-cent hamburger, right. it was 12 cents for hamburger, you know. I feel like I'm talking about my grandma. You know, the grandmother said, I remember back when when butter when butter was only a nickel. Yeah. You know? So, you know, so here we are, 12, 12 cent a hamburger. Yeah. But uh, but you learn, going back to my point around, you learn that, you know what, you got to do it on your own. Yep. So, um, did the paper routes with my brothers, morning and night, uh, paid for my schooling, right. put myself through, and I actually paid for Mooney. Mm. Um, did you I, really? Yeah. Uh, so, and then I paid for MCC and I, um, was basically told at that time I wanted to go off to some other colleges and basically was told, guess what? Um, it's not there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, and, uh, I decided that I was going to go to MCC. Okay. And so that's what we did. Yeah. And I took marketing. Okay. Going back yep. and I, I love marketing. I love advertising yeah. that whole thing, but got into the business side, started working on that. Yeah. And, uh. You know, before I knew it, uh, I finished my two-year degree, and, and uh, I think I finished with uh, a math major as okay. well as a marketing major. Okay. So it was a, and then I decided, like I said, guess what? I don't, I don't need any more school. I just uh, go over and work for this company. And then I went over to Eastman Kodak and started working there. And like I said, they finished out at uh, RIT night school. Yeah. Um, that went on for about six years, and finally got that. And um, as a result of that. I uh, was promoted many times, and so everything went very well. And yeah. then I moved on to Johnson & Johnson, uh, was a director of procurement or supply chain, mm-hmm. as they call it now. And uh, then I moved on to uh, Harris RF Communications, and I uh, was there for 12 years, I yeah. believe, after that. So, uh, again, in supply chain, international materials and things like that. So was able to travel the world a little bit, um, see it, learn about uh, other people, uh, Everybody come to find out is pretty much the same. Yep. Uh, we all have the same problems. If we have uh, children, we worry about them. Yep. Uh, we take care of them. Uh, and uh, we try to get ahead, and then we try to get home and see if we can have some playtime. Yep. And that's kind of where we go. So uh, in a nutshell, that's kind of who I am, yeah. how I got to be where I am before my little accident. So, you know, you know, so you've been married to Claudia for 40 plus years now. It's coming up. Yeah. It's yeah. 30, 30, um, eight years, 38 30 years. years. Now. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, we've been together for, um, at another nine. So that's okay. 47 years. All right. we, I kind of tried to 
get away several times. Yeah. You know, we went out for almost nine years. Yeah. You know, it was like, I, I'm going to escape. No, yeah. I never did. I never did. <laughs> there you so, go. Which, which was very fortunate on my part. Yeah. You know, uh, I just didn't realize what I had at the time. Yeah. So well, I do now. Yeah. Smart smart guys always marry up. Yeah. So, uh, oh, God, yeah. big time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Smart guys and guys who can sell. Sure. Always, <laughs> always marry, always <laughs> marry out of their up. league, you yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, so... So, you know, three kids, you know, you, you, you had successful career, um, uh, retire and, and then May 20th, 2017 yeah, happens. Yeah. And uh, so walk us through, I mean, cause there was a major life shift there, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. so tell us a little bit about that day. Well, um, I got up, uh, I always get, it's a Saturday now, it's May 20th, uh, Saturday, it's probably about 8.30 and. I always go to the gym, yep. 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I get home by, oh, 11, 11, 30. I try to get two hours, two and a half hours yeah. in. So I got over there probably about 9, 9, 15, uh, and just uh, did my workout, weighed myself, everything. I, I I hit all the things I wanted to do. I, I That was a great workout. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about uh, getting home and, and taking care of some things in the backyard. Yeah. And uh, was like okay, um, so I got home. I got home about eleven thirty, and I, you know, dropped my gym bag, and um, head back into the garage, and uh, grab that ladder, mm-hmm. and um, think about okay, how are we going to set it up? Blah blah blah, and then I grabbed the uh, saw off the uh, garage wall that I have hanging there, and head out to the backyard set it up on the tree. I'm looking at this little limb that happens to be, oh, about 10, 15 feet off the, off the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in my neighbor's yard, but it's blocking, it's, it's blocking some sunlight that's going on to my pool. And I have to have all the sunlight yeah. that I can yeah. get, right? So um, I line up the ladder and I didn't even have, it was one of the extension ladders, but I didn't have to extend it. It was, you know, a 20 footer that goes up to yeah. about 40. And so I just leaned it up against the tree and uh, made sure it was stable. And I had to actually lay it across. The, now, if you imagine, there's a, uh, a stockade fence mm-hmm. uh, between my neighbor's yard and my yard. So I had to take the, 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 the foot of the ladder and lean that out over the stockade fence up against the tree on the other side. And I climbed right up. I made sure it was stable, I thought. And I bring my saw up there, and I'm only up about, let's see, the ladder was uh, 20 feet. I'm up about 14 feet, okay? okay? And I re- reach out, and the limb's right there. It's a little three-inch limb. Yeah. It's just a long, hanging out there about eight inch, uh, eight feet or so. And I push once, push twice, push three times. On the fourth one, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm lunging to, because of the, the, the branches on the side of the tree, uh, I lunge, and the branch cut through, and the ladder gives way because by lunging I didn't realize it was going to break through on the fourth lunge right. if you were cut and uh, I go out and I that whole ladder gives way at the bottom okay. and it catapults over the stockade fence um, I'm heading down the other on the other side and my arm my left arm gets caught a bit on the ladder okay. and my right arm is tossing the saw out to the out to my right so mm-hmm. I don't come down on it. Now, I'm thinking that's all real brilliant. Now, this is all happening within oh, yeah. a Split second, second or two, right? Yeah. 
And now, if you can imagine, I'm heading now my, by lunging out, my head is coming now down straight towards the ground. Uh, my whole body is going to be impacted. Uh, my neck uh, is impacted yeah. uh, by the weight of my body. Sure. And I had no way of breaking my fall. My arms are out to the side. Yeah. And so when I hit, I it, it and you hear the the, the crunch. Yeah. Um, and um, and I knew immediately. Huh. Um, I didn't lose consciousness. I immediately knew I was paralyzed. Wow. Um, and uh, the first thing that it, it that hit me was a thought about a kid who swam or was a well dove into a pool. Yeah. Uh, he went to McQuaid and uh, McQuaid High School. And um, I don't even know the kid's name, but I don't know what made me think of it. Mm -hmm. But it was a story that we had heard in the past, and that this gentleman, young boy, uh, was uh, a quadriplegic yeah. as a result. And um, I don't know anything more today, but mm -hmm. that's what hit me right at that second. Hmm. And it was like, oh no, I'm that person. Wow. And um, then the follow-on second was, I asked myself, why me? Yeah. Why me? And the weirdest thing came back was, and I'm not a religious person, but the answer was, why not you? Huh. And, um, and, and it's the realization that, you know what? What makes you think yeah. that you are so immune to everything and everybody, and everybody else gets affected. Now, yeah. looking back at my past, I've had a very, very good life. Uh, very few losses, uh, injuries, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, we've had bad legs and all this other stuff like most people, but nothing catastrophic yeah. over the 67 years at that time. And, and, and you sit there and go, okay, you have to accept that. Yeah. Um, now I'm just thinking, okay, I've got, now, I know my my body is somehow rolled up. I just don't know how it's rolled up. Okay. I, 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 uh, my my legs are over my shoulders. My face is looking through my groin, and I'm upside down. Wow. So, um, and this is all going through my head. Yeah, a fraction God, of a second. Know. Yeah. Um, it's it's a couple. Yeah, a minute yeah. now. A minute's yeah. gone by, and it's. It's dead quiet. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's a, probably 11.35, 11.45 at the time. Um, and I'm sitting there on the other side, sitting there, laying there upside down, uh, trying to figure out how can I yell help. Uh, and as I, I said, okay, I'll just yell help. Yeah. And um, I'm so rolled up, I can't get any air in my lungs to blow that out. Right. And so all I, I go, help. It's all, I mm. mean, I could hear that, and it's like, this isn't going to get you where you right. need to be. Yeah, you know, and um, so within, I don't know, I'm gonna a, a minute or so. Uh, this person comes walking up and says, "Hi, I'm Sylvia. Can I help you?" Wow. And I now I'm looking at Sylvia, who I've never seen in my life. Um, and she and I'm up. She's she's upright, but I'm she's upside down. Yeah, you're to looking me. up from the ground. She's sure. looking. She's upside down. To yeah. Me. And I said, uh, uh, "Hi, um, 
can you call 911? I broke, I, you know, I, I'm paralyzed. I broke my neck. Huh. And, and she, um, she said, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, well, come to find out, Sylvia uh, is my neighbor uh, who lives across a little adjacent to our house, across the street, and somehow heard the ladder and the commotion. It wasn't a lot of commotion. Yeah. We think, oh, you know, okay, ladder, bang, bang, bang. Um, there wasn't any scream. I didn't yell help yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So um, you would think, um, okay, nothing much happened. Sure. And if you're anybody, and I'll, I, pu I put it to myself, I said, okay, Paul, if this happened in reverse and something happened over in Sylvia's yard, what would I do? Yeah, would you have even noticed? I would have said, I would have gone, oh, okay. I'd listen for another sound or something. Sure. And I'd think, well, you know what? Everything must be okay. Yeah. And I'd just go on with whatever I was doing. Sure. This young lady had the, I, I, I don't know, the gumption or the, the uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. Uh, the ability to walk across the street to walk into my neighbor's yard through his weeds and, and bushes, and yeah. it was May, so things were overgrown sure. already, and it, they hadn't been caught. And she came all the way into his backyard, in by this large uh, third tree, elm tree, and um, it finds me huh. upside down. Um, and if I, 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 I won't bore you with the whole story, but um, she called 911. She um, happened to be a... A, a doctor mm -hmm. huh. from Strong Hospital. Okay, she calls the emergency room, lets them know that they're going to have somebody coming in very shortly, right. and that they need to have the MRI machine ready. And before you, she hangs up the phone, and uh, I hear her get done with U of R uh, uh, Strong people at emergency, and uh, she said the ambulance should be here soon. And I said to her. I can hear it in the distance. As she was talking, right. I could hear it coming okay. already. So within, I'm going to say, three to five minutes, they show up at uh, our house, wow. and uh, my wife happened to be heading off to a business uh, meeting. Uh, she's in real estate mm -hmm. uh, for with Remax, and um, she uh, came out the door in the back, and she, I could hear her say, Paul, Paul, are you here? And Sylvia, who, if you can imagine, you got the stockade fence. So right. Sylvia's on my side. Claudia's on the other side. And I've fallen on the other side. So right. she can't see me. So uh, she comes out. And Sylvia says, um, he is on the side. He fell off the ladder. And okay. she could see the ladder was up, was actually caught, catapulted over the stockade fence. Okay. And so uh, uh, she knew something was wrong. Right. And then Sylvia said, hey, uh, the ambulance should be here. Could you go out and meet them? Okay. And she, Claudia did not come around the fence um, to see me, and okay. I'm glad she didn't. Yeah. Um, I was rolled up, like I said. So um, they uh, arrived, and they came in, and they unrolled me. They mm -hmm. put me on the board, put me up on the gurney, rolled me out, took me in an ambulance. Uh, and um, the last thing I remember uh, are the wheels when they when – they, um, they put me in the in the ambulance, and uh, I re I remember hearing the clunk yeah. uh, of the transmission kicking in, and then the wheels go, roo, 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 and then I was out. Okay. And then on, all of a sudden, I'm at the hospital, which mm -hmm. is only about three minutes away, right, right down the uh, Elmwood Avenue, 
and about three minutes away, they shoot me in there, and all of a sudden there's a, a cop helping take me out of the ambulance and take me in the emergency room. Okay. And uh, from there, I got to make the phone call to my three kids. Boy, what which, was that like? Um, that had to be. That, um, you know, Claudia um, was uh, my wife, uh, Claudia, at the time, uh, had called ahead okay. and uh, had my sister and brother come over. Okay. So they came to the emergency, and they were around me at the same time. So uh, I'm laying there. And Claudia says to me, you know, we've got to call the kids yeah. and let them know that you got hurt. And I think she probably knew more about the situation being a nurse, ex-nurse, okay. uh, that um, we needed to make that phone call because she, we didn't know where this was going to go. Right. And um, so we make the phone call. And being tough, yeah, uh, I didn't realize how... I was affected by making that first conversation with my oldest son, Chris, yeah. and um, guess what? Um, I had to leave a voicemail. Yeah. Um, all three kids are busy and doing their thing, so right. if you imagine I made all three phone calls, nobody answered the phone. Um, I just left messages, and the message was basically um, with tears in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I basically said, hey, uh, I got hurt. I'm going to be fine. Um, I'm in the emergency room. The doctors are looking at me. And I tried to keep it as upbeat yeah. as possible and just not to instill any fear right. or just, you know, hey, we'll catch up with you on the other side. Yeah. Knowing possibly that that might be yeah. my last conversation, I say, and leaving those words with them and thinking I just want them to hear my voice. Yeah. Um, that I love them. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was that was probably the hardest. And you can see I got tears in my oh. eyes now. Yeah. I, um, I, I every time I tell that story, yeah. um, I was living in fear that not that I was going to die, yeah. that they were going to have these this last message from me be a be a recording. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I didn't want that to be yeah. the case. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. So, so, so you know, at this point, then the the doctors are coming in. They're trying to diagnose what's going on, um, and and to give you some kind of a prognosis of you know what what happens next. So, did they were they able to take you right into surgery, or what? What did they? What you know when the doctors came in and and were kind actually, of running through things? Yeah. So um, it actually moved a little bit quicker than we thought. Uh, at the time, I'm sitting there with my, like I said, Claudia, my, my uh, brother Bob, and my uh, uh, sister uh, Beth, and uh, I say sitting there, I'm laying there, yeah. and um, just finished the phone call, and I said to Claudia, um, at the room is closing down. Um, if you can think about a lens, yeah. uh, just like the cartoons, um, you know, the old cartoons, yeah. uh, you know, where they used to close off when yeah, it's at the end, it, well, it would close down. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden the lens kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I said to Claudia, Claudia, I can't see, um, you know, the whole, everything's well, I guess that's the result of your neck, um, swelling okay and starting to pinch things off at least okay. that's what i'm told okay and um so i'll take that as an explanation yeah claudia said 
she ran over to the emergency lady and just said, listen, you've got to get them in. And um, they had already called Dr. Molinari. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and luckily, being one of the best in Rochester for what I told, if not the best, um, he uh, was supposed to be going to a party or something like that at like one o'clock, I'm told. Now, okay. I don't know if I'm making this story up, but yeah. that's the, you know. So, um, he, and, and uh, having happened before one o'clock, um, I got one of the best uh, surgeons uh, that, uh, you know, can put uh, Humpty Dumpty back together again, <laughs> you know. So that's kind of where it uh, where it ended up. And uh, so that's kind of how, you know, before I knew it, I was in, um, they had me in the MRI machine very quickly. Okay. Um, I do remember overhearing uh, the two technicians that were in the room. The one girl was, uh, lady was talking to uh, one of the guys there, and they couldn't figure out, why they had two male-female um, plugs. And, and it was like, well, who's got the male plug? I don't know where the... And it's like, how do you lose a plug? Yeah. And so, and I, I'm, if you can You're imagine, thinking. I'm thinking this, and I'm, in, you know, I'm trying to be... I don't know. I'm just, right. Am I making this up? Yeah. I don't know. I, you know. It's like, and I'm inside the thing, and I don't know if you've ever had an MRI, but if you're in that tool, yeah. uh, you can't move around, and it is very claustrophobic... Uh, uh, feeling, if yeah. you will. Um, and so um, that's kind of where I was. At that point, I think I lost consciousness, okay. and um, I went into surgery from what I'm told. Okay. And that's kind of all I can tell you until I wake up uh, after the surgery. Okay. You know? So so then coming out of the surgery, at that point after the MRI, they knew what the damage was. Yeah. So what what was the damage that, that had happened in the neck when as a result of the fall? Yeah, so uh, what I'm told. And what I was shown was that I had uh, a crushed part of my spinal cord okay. uh, between the uh, C2, 3, 4, and 5, okay? okay. And, and very, very close to the C1. A C1, as many people know, uh, it's kind of immediate death. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so my doctor, Molinari, said, guess what? Um, you are, you've got within about two hairs of doing damage to C1. Wow. And, um, and Claude, after we saw him, uh, God, I think it was well after surgery, uh, I would say my checkup was about five months after Claudia says to me, says to Dr. Molina, hey, uh, uh, Dr. Molina, how would we call him Dr. Bob? Uh, Dr. Bob, how uh, did Paul get through this? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like you to understand that it's my uh, best surgery that I've done, if you will. Right? Huh. But I, but I could only put him back together as well as I could do. Uh, I would love to say he's walking around and moving because of me. Yeah. Uh, some of it has to do with me, but I had to put him back together. Yeah. Uh, that's the best I could do. So the damage uh, he showed us, and he said you mutched it pretty good. Yeah. You know, but he showed it, and then the, the, those um, areas are now fused. Right. Okay. okay. So. Um, uh, he did the best he could do, and I'm sitting here um, doing what we're doing today because yeah. of him. So, so, so you come out of the surgery. He's told you that you're, you know, you're literally a hair away from dying, yeah. but your spinal cord's, you know, been damaged. Yeah. You've, you know, you've you've impacted four different vertebra. Um, so, what was the what was the prognosis that they told you when you when you came out of surgery? What were they telling you your future was going to look like? They basically said, we're not telling you anything. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, 
we'll have we'll have to see. We'll okay. wait and see. Um, we think we've uh, repaired what we could repair to the you know mechanical side of it. Right. Um, the rest is you know what your body allows you to do. Okay. The good news is that you had built up your neck very very much from weightlifting and that type of thing. So. Um, uh, other people may not have, especially my age, yeah. uh, and falling, uh, typically would have probably died. Yeah, uh, right there. Okay. Uh, so um, I was lucky that I was in good shape at the time. Yeah. So that's at least what he said. So, so you know, obviously, anytime you have an injury, you know, your muscles are going to atrophy. You're, you know, effectively, you have no no sense of sensation under, you know, below your neck. Right. Um, so what did they begin to to do coming out of it or what was the did they take is there some form of rehab is there how did that that process work well uh they, after i gained consciousness i'll say about probably i'm going to say a day and a half later uh, you know and i was in and out and i remember seeing people go by my my door and stuff like that but i you know i can't tell you that i was even conscious at sure. the time I, I i'm going to say i probably lost two days so if you can imagine it was uh saturday it happened on saturday finished surgery and all the happy stuff uh, probably late saturday night um so we went through sunday i think it was monday i probably was able to you know at least you know blink my eyes and stuff like okay. that i had a tube down you know, I think that was intubated for uh, i don't know i think it was three or four days okay uh, so just making sure I was breathing and, and all that. But um, uh, beyond that, uh, I, I try, I'm kind of losing my thought here. Um, no, I just lost my thought. Yeah, no, that's right. So, so you've come out of the, you've come out of surgery. It's two days later, basically. The, um, the doctor's coming in. They're telling you, we just don't know what, you yeah, know, what's, yeah, what's going to yeah. happen from here. Um, oh, go okay. So I, yeah. I, okay, you got me back. And oh, thanks. Uh, so it, so they came in and um, they said, okay, uh, we're going to move you down to the intensive care unit. Okay. And I said, okay, fine. That's you know, what am I going to say yeah. about that, right? Yeah. And so uh, they said, okay, we, they took me down there and um, gave me the option: Would you like to have um, PT and OT, right. uh, physical therapy and uh, occupational therapy? Uh, would you like to have that um, one hour a day or four hours, uh, three to four hours a day? And well, naturally, you know me, Dave. So I went for the three to four. Yeah. And um, and and I got to tell you that it was intensive for them because I couldn't move my my limbs. Right. Um, and so they had to move my arms. They had to move my my legs. Yeah. And 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 my wife, Claudia. Um, so let me ask you, Paul. What? Yeah. The. It, so, first, the you know you think of a lot of folks who might be in a similar situation who maybe just giving up hope or just saying, "Oh my, you know, oh woe is me" type of thing, and 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 yet you came back and you said, "I want four hours of of you know <laughs> of therapy." Yeah. I mean, that's I not I a normal response, I didn't you know. know any better. Yeah, but you know, I I mean, I work out two hours a day, two and a half hours a day, so it's like, okay, so it's just an extra hour, right? You know, and if it's going to get if it's going to get me to where I want to be faster, right. why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, as opposed to say, I didn't think what was me. I right. just thought. Uh, how do I do that? Um, and oh, by the way, I didn't know what I was going to have to do. Right. And if you can't move, you really don't have to do any work. Right. 
You know, so <laughs> right. it's like, well, somebody else has got to do yeah. the work, you know, just move me around. Right. And, you know, and, and oh, by the way, uh, this was totally new. Yeah. Uh, when, when you are a baby, I yeah. mean, I'm literally a baby. If you have a newborn baby who has no muscles, yeah. uh, that is conscious of everything that's going on around you, right? which is the scariest thing because you're sitting there going, I, can't, I, I could move a second ago, and now I can't. I mean, no matter how hard yeah. I try to move anything on my body, other than, you know, um, I can pick my head off the pillow, yeah. you know, and blow into a tube. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I'm not doing a hell of a lot. Yeah. So wow. it's... um, so. I was given those options, and uh, that's so we started doing therapy uh, okay. on that 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 Friday. It was uh, wow. within six days, and I said I was doing the therapy. They were doing the therapy. Yeah, uh, and and I was I was blessed to have, uh, and the, you know we are blessed in Rochester to have such care and such. I mean the the, the strong hospital, the uh, Monroe Community Hospital, yeah. the Unity Hospital, and the people. I mean doctors, nurses, yeah. unsung heroes. We have people that yeah. just take care of us, and I'm a, I'm this little baby yeah. that's being thrown around and wiped, and I mean, there's I need everything done for me, right? Everything, and uh, it is the most devastating, um, humiliating. Um, uh, it your your dignity, yeah, is is basically thrown away. Yeah, um, uh, you are open to the world, if you will. Yep, and you are dependent on. Everything that go the I mean that goes on around you, I could only ask for stuff or yeah. blow into a tube, and the nurse would come in and and say, "Can I help you?" And it would be, "Can I just have a sip of water?" Wow. I know my mouth is, you know, and the drugs were drying me out yeah. and all that. So, so you know, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, um, I I guess I didn't think about it. You know, it's, um, that's um, your that's where life is at that it stage. Was, so it was what you know. I pictured myself uh, at that time um, laying in a bed in my sunroom yeah. um, that we we uh, we have a beautiful sunroom looks out over the uh, over the pool and I'm sitting there just thinking that's where I'm going to be for a while and mm. I just don't know if I can do that uh, I can't possibly imagine my wife taking care of everything I need right. Uh, laying here the way I am in this state right now, um, and when, if if and when I get out of the hospital, going home and and being in that condition, having somebody, yeah, I, it's it it's unimaginable, and I could not fathom it, but I had to at least think about it. Yeah. So, as you're in the hospital, you know, you, you, four hours a day, you're 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 occupied with the therapy and those types of things. But you've got another twenty hours a day where you're basically just laying there. I mean, what was? How did you occupy your mind, or how did you keep your yourself, you know, focused in some kind of a positive way and not just go crazy? Yeah. Uh, well, the first, uh, you know, the first couple of days, you know, I they were taking me down to PT and OT, and they were going through the, you know, uh, paces, if you will. Mm-hmm. So those three or four hours were probably the the fun part of yeah. the day. Uh, the others. Uh, and, and believe it or not, you start and go, well, okay, well, he's got to sleep a little bit. Um, okay, fine. So you figure six, eight hours of that. Right. But the rest of the day was just when I was conscious and, and you know, after, you know, the, the uh, initial effects of 
uh, the damage uh, wore off the body, basically. I'm, I'm awake. Yeah. Um, thank God for NCAA. <laughs> Women's baseball <laughs> was on TV, and I got to tell you, I'm not lying. I watched every game from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, I, uh, and, and I just, well, I couldn't. Well, if you can imagine, I have no hands to move, right. uh, to press buttons on the dial. So guess what? You're going to watch what's on. I'm watching what's on. Yeah. So, and I watched, typically I watched NCAA women's um, baseball until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And Who would have uh, thought there's that much baseball on well, TV? <laughs> you go all, so you go out to the West Coast and the games start, uh, you know, here. Right. It's, um, it's uh, 11 o'clock. There it's 8 o'clock. Sure. Okay, so 8 o'clock game. Their time ends up at eleven somewhere. It's now two in the morning, right? You know, so I'm you know, I'm watching these games and and uh, game after game after game. Huh. So that helped me get through the first couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, once that ended, uh, it got to the be, uh, you know, as much as there was people coming in and feeding me. So you know, it's a half an hour there. My yeah. day was scheduled. I and you'd sit there and go. There were days. Uh, that I had trouble getting all my workouts in as well as having all the other stuff because they had to bathe you. Yeah. And they had a, I mean, it's not a matter of just coming in and washing you. They have to lift you up uh, with, with a, what they call a hoyer. Okay. And they hoyer you over. And, and I won't get into the uh, into the bathroom yeah. issue with yeah. those. But all that, if you can imagine somebody having to help move you onto sure. a, um, a commode, if you will. Right. And, and, and it was um, very time-consuming because you just don't call somebody up and say, hey, come on in and move me. They are taking care of eight or ten yeah. other people. Yep. And those same people are intensive care, and they have needs very much like mine, if not worse, maybe a little bit right. less, but still. So, And, there are, and, and the, they're, they, they work hard. Yeah. And these people are, you know, they're nurses and, and they're technicians and stuff, working their tails off trying to keep us uh, healthy and getting better. So yeah. my day was full. So so through the course of this, did w- w- did you always hold on to the thought that you know one day I will be able to get back to some semblance of what I was, or was there you know were those points in time where you were just like this may be all that that it that it is? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the first couple of weeks, um, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we had the PT and OT stuff. And, and on top of that, uh, my wife is coming in at 530 in the morning with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Because they don't, you know, so she could, you know, I could sip on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and she was, she would literally... Uh, exercise my arms mm-hmm. and exercise my legs. Now, if you can imagine picking up somebody's leg and moving it up towards their stomach and moving it back and the 10 on one side, mm-hmm. 10 on the other, and then moving the arm around and stuff like that, just to make sure. And that, and she did that uh, in the morning when she, if she came over at noon and she would come over many times at noon, mm-hmm. she would help me with that. And then at night before I went to bed, nine or 10 o'clock, and on top of that, here she's trying to work full-time, take care of the house by herself. Yeah. We have a dog. And, and just, how do you do all this? Yeah. And, uh, but she, she was able to do that. So um, after that, 
it gets to be week th three and four, and, and my big toe moved. Wow, okay. Big toe on the left foot. Um, don't know how, why. Huh. It moved. Now, how did you know it moved? Were um, you able to see it? or No, I felt it. Really? All of a sudden, I felt, I, I just, I felt it, it somehow, I don't know if it flinched or whatever, and I, you know, you're, you're laying there, and and I'm all alone. Naturally, yeah, yeah. it's the old story. You're all alone, yeah. and you've got nobody to scream and yell to. Right. right. Oh, my God, yeah. I can't. No. Yeah. It's like, all of a sudden, so I moved it, and it's like, okay. And I moved it again, I, and I started moving it back and forth, and I imagine my whole body, the rest of my body, it's not doing anything. Sure. And my toes moving around. And I'm moving, I moved it 10,000 times. <laughs> I kept moving and moving yeah. and moving, and, and um it's kind of funny because as I did that, it would send some shock waves through my body, and it was the weirdest thing. I mean, uh, and I guess that's a natural occurrence okay. uh, for for people who have spinal cord injuries like that. And um, and so um, that's kind of was the start. And okay. so my right leg, uh, as they were exercising, um, it started to stimulate other areas. So one of the things that's a it's a mind muscle type thing. Uh -huh. um, the association. So while you're, while they're moving your leg or your arm or fingers or whatever, you have to be mentally thinking about okay. that you're doing that, that you're actually doing the work. Okay. And um, and somehow that's the you know the the, the, the mind kind of and you re reassociate yeah, so to and speak it, and yeah. it tells the muscle because that signal goes down to those tells the muscles to do something right and it wakes them up. At least this, you know, this is my, yeah. uh, you know, explanation. So, um, and other parts of my body started to respond after that, and uh, and, and we just kind of. I, I remember I could shrug, uh, I could shrug my shoulders. Okay, that was the thing, and that was it was kind of. Was that the next thing that came? Was yeah, the shoulders it was kind or? of yeah. Okay. The, the, the shrugging of my shoulders. It was. It almost was easy to right. do right, and that. You know, and and just you know, I don't, I don't remember what body other body parts came back. Yeah, but it was it was that type of thing, but um, it, it wasn't. Hey, all of a sudden my hand moved and I could move all my fingers. Right. Um, it was very different parts of my body, uh, and and they would come in and test me. Okay. They would test me with this uh, a swab, a little cotton swab, and they would touch it in different parts of your body. See if you could feel and it. And all of a sudden, I could feel certain sensation. Okay. Very very light. There were times that. They'd because you'd have your eyes closed and, and they'd say, okay, um, you know, uh, you know, okay, tell me when you can feel it. And I'd sit there and go, I can feel it. They go, we're not touching. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was go, just pure hope. Go, yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. well, it felt like you yeah, were. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how it, you know, gradually came back, and um, and that was very encouraging, right. obviously. And the other thing was, uh, they scared the hell out of you. They uh, basically say, if you want to stay in the hospital, and you want to get the most care. You have to make improvement every week, every day, and okay. you have to really work at it. And if you don't, um, we can't justify keeping you here in the hospital. Okay. And the, the insurance companies basically said, "Well, you know what? He's a quad. Yeah. Um, and they don't turn out the lights, and um, you know, send him home. Yeah. Um, and so that fear of losing that was probably a huge motivating factor is like, okay, I've got to get better. I've got to do something. And oh, by the way, I'm not going home like this. Yeah. I am just not going home like this. 
um, I can't do this to my wife. I can't. I just. I can't. I can't live this way. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to do about it? And so, and I had, like you said, I had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. So, and so, you know, so slowly you're starting to get some sensation and things, you know, things back, but you know, there's a huge, huge divide between being able to move a toe and being able to stand or to be able to walk or you know move your arms and stuff. So, the the, the that mental resilience or toughness that it had to take to to be able to go through that I, I, I can't even conceive of how difficult that must have been it, it um, you know what if you had to do it yeah. you would do it okay it, it's just one of those you know it's 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 a success thing yeah um, you sit there and go okay um, I did I had to do this before and I didn't know how to do that, yeah. um, I'll just uh, learn how to do that, or I'll just do it. Right. I'll just do it. And um, so the goal, mm-hmm. you set the goal, and the goal was, okay, we're going to make Paul 105%. Right. Um, and I told that to the, the, the doctor, the, the, uh, the psychologist uh-huh. came in, and you know they would come in every week and ask me, uh, so, well, Paul, how are you feeling? I said, oh, I feel fine. And he said, well, you know, what do you think about this? And I said, well, I'm going to get better. And they said, well, what, you know, oh, well, how far would you like to get? Okay. And then I said, that's when I told them 105%. Yeah. And they kind of laughed and they said, well, yeah, yeah, but what do, what do you want to really do? Yeah. And I said, no, 105% is where I'm going to be. Yeah. And, um, and so you set a goal. Yeah. And it, and, um, now, was that something that, you know, you'd been goal directed really through the course of your life so that it was a, kind of a, just a process that you'd practice so often that, that, you know, this was just another aspect of I'd set goals in my personal life or I set goals in my career. And, and this is just one more area of my life where I'm going to, I'm going to set a goal here to make this happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I have some very, um, uh, specifics, uh, around goals. Uh, at the time uh-huh. I didn't even know goal setting was something that you did. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, I, I was challenged. Yeah. I was challenged, um, early on, First of all, because we were a poor family and I was made fun of. Yeah. Um, another challenge was, okay, I'll show you. Yeah. I, not, not in a mean way. Yeah. I'll just prove to you that I have some value. I was pretty good in sports, so as a result, I, I, I leaned towards that, and, and that carried me a long way. Okay. So success from that. So what was the goal? The goal was I'm going to you know, I'm gonna have to be a, uh, an athlete to you know, have more pride around uh, who I am, and, right. and I wasn't the br- most brilliant person when it came to academics, so we leaned towards the sports, and that worked out pretty well. So right. goal setting, um, uh, that I was told in uh, my, uh, going to Cardamuni, one of the teachers uh, called me in, he said, Paul, um, you're you're never going to go to college. Hmm. And going to Cardamuni, uh, being a pretty academic school, yeah. um, it was like, what makes you say that I'm not going to... I didn't ask that question. Yeah. I listened to them because back then you didn't challenge sure. uh, you know, the people who were teaching you, and especially the, the brothers that were there. And so um, it basically said, you're never going to go to college. You're not smart enough. Right there, I was basically, and I, in my mind, uh, dropped the F-bomb yeah. and said, um, F you. Um, I don't know where I'm going to be, but... I'm somehow going to do that. Yeah. And I 
enroll at MCC. I, like I said, paid for it myself. Yeah. Uh, figured out how to do it. I, I worked full time and worked to worked went to school full time, uh, which was tough, uh, but um, we got through it. Yeah, and uh, you know, get job. And then um, I was told uh, there were a couple of other things that I was not going to be able to do, and I yeah. can't get into the specifics. It's a little bit too uh, yeah. too specific, but. Um, when those challenges are put in front of me, um, it's just F you. Uh, I'm going to prove to you that I have value. I'm going to prove that I can do it. Yeah. And and that's kind of what it was. It was you know uh, nothing nothing more than that. Did that? Do you think that came from watching your parents and the work ethic and what they did to to raise the you know eight kids and all of that? I mean, where do you think that? That, that strength came from to not just blindly accept that somebody says, hey, you can't do this because so many people in those, I mean, we've all been told at times that, you know, oh, you can't do this or you can't do this. And and I, I can't tell you the thousands of people that I've met and, uh, who just blindly accept that and, and that then begins to define them in their lives. So to stand up and say, I, I, I don't, care if you see me this way. It's not how I see me. Where, where do you think that came from? Uh, I, I think some of it comes out of fear. Okay. Uh, just the fear of letting them be right. Yeah. Um, and saying, you know what? You're right. Um, I'm going to lay down. Um, I am not going to be anything. I attained, like I said, in sports, I did pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I as a result of that, knew that I could do certain things. Okay. I wasn't the dumbest guy in the room. So, you know, okay, fine. Um, what can I do this? And and through uh, trying new things, taking that chance, mm-hmm. opening myself up to ridicule, possibly, you know, back then, you know, you worry about what everybody else is thinking. Yeah. And, and what if I say that, I'm going to sound stupid. And, um, I had a I, I couldn't stay where I was. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you feel like you're on the ground or the you're the last guy, you sit there and go, you know what? If I try anything, I'm gonna be better than what I was. Even if I fail, I will have learned something from yeah. that failure. Yeah. I will be that much better. I just won't make that mistake again. Right. right. So uh, that's kind of you know, and and you know, the old story about practice. Yeah. You know, um, so practicing not being the worst, practicing and, and carrying that practice into uh, hopefully success and saying, okay, um, moving the arm, trying to sit there and go, okay, we are, you know, and then if you get response, people will recognize right. something is changing. And when they recognize it, they're either challenged, they look at it and they see, I like this or I don't like it. Uh, they may even sit there because they are, uh, maybe fearful that you're making progress, mm-hmm. they might put you down. Hmm. Um, and you sit there and go, okay, I had friends who challenged me when I was going off to school. Yeah. Um, they decided they were going to be, uh, uh, they weren't going to go to college. Uh-huh. Great. Um, and Paul, uh, you're never going to get anything when you get out of college. Um, you're not going to have anything. Okay, guys, um, you know, and they had money. They, yeah. I mean, they were working jobs and I'm, you know, I was working, but I was paying for my own school, so it was like I didn't have any money left over. Right. Uh, these guys sort of went out and bought a couple of nice cars, and and I'm sitting there going, "Well, I got some nice cars, and that sure maybe maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Yeah. Maybe I should have gone off and worked 
um, and, and, uh, and, and, and had fun. And, but, you know, you have faith in yourself. Yeah. I was successful in, in my sports and stuff like that. School was pretty good. Um, I didn't study a hell of a lot, but I was able to get through. Yeah. And um, as a result of that, uh, set you up for, you know, potential opportunities yeah. and success. Uh, so, I, like I said, I didn't have a huge uh, area of plan and goal, but I did have that vision yeah. out there, the vision of, I'm going to show you, Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's kind of how it got me motivated, yeah. you know, and as you have success with, I'm going to show you, yeah. uh, and you do show somebody's like, you know what, I can do that, and that's a challenge. Now, it's a, a hell of a way to go about it, but um, that's what motivated me. Well, but, but I, and I think, uh, to your point, and, and I think it's a very valid one, that vision that, you know, you mentioned is so important for people that, it, it, you know, I was, I was listening to something here not too long ago, and they talked about kind of the three conditions that, you know, to, to move forward in life. And there's the, uh, you know, it, it starts with the vision. And if people don't have the vision that things can be better or their they, their state of life can be different than it is, they'll, they'll stay in a bad state just simply because they don't know there's another option. And so that was the first thing. The second thing was the belief that they could actually breathe life into that vision or that, you know, make it, make it a reality. And then third, the willingness to practice, to put forth the effort to pay the dues that, that that's required to get there. And if any of those three pieces are missing, then they'll largely stay exactly where they are in life. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we, you know, I, I think um, my, my parents, just the fact that they instilled in me just hard work ethics and yeah. watching my dad get up early in yeah. the morning and head off to work and head down and, you know, drove to work and came home and, you know, helped us with our studies and my, along with my mom. I mean, uh, and he, he ran a tough roost, I'll yeah. tell you. When we, back in the day, you, you, got, you got whacked when, yeah. when, uh, when things weren't going right. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't nasty whacking. Yeah. It was just a paddle to the butt. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? I earned a lot of those. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I felt they were justified. There you go. As much you as go. my tail yeah. was burning. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it like, wasn't vindictive. Know, no, it was earned. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was well earned. <laughs> you know, I sit there and go back upstairs and go, okay. I'm glad that's over with, but uh, right. yeah, but I earned that one. And, and oh, by the way, sometimes what you did, uh, you know, it's like I earned I earned the fun. I right. Got, I had yeah. the fun of getting in trouble. Right. It was and and the whacking was was okay. Yeah. It was justified. It's part of the dues you pay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the way it goes. You know, so enjoy it. <laughs> you know, it was still yeah, it was fun when we did that. You know, oh. I, maybe I won't do it again, but or either that or I won't get caught. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I'll be smarter you know, about it. To, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, life lesson. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, so, so you're going through the rehab process, and the um, you're slowly but surely starting to gain some sensations back. You're uh, um, so. What was the you know the obviously the first milestone was just having that toe move, and right. and I, I can't even imagine the feeling of just euphoria that oh. something that would is you would so take for granted. You know, and that's the that's the other interesting thing is, I mean, we we very much take for granted it, 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 all of the things that we can physically do, you know, and and um, until that's taken away, and you begin to realize. So just the the euphoria of being able to move your toe had to be. It, I, I can't even imagine what that that it, had to be like. Uh, you know, it's it's like. When you it, it hit, it, uh, you know, it, uh, I'll lick a, a hole in one. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're up to a par three and you're ready and hit the ball and it goes in, 
and you're, you know, and I've never had a hole in one, uh -huh. but I've envisioned that, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and maybe someday I will, uh, but you envision, and there's nobody there yeah. to tell. Right. It's like being with your wife and looking at um, a, a beautiful sunset that you've never been in Jamaica, for example, right. and you're looking out and you go, isn't that beautiful? But seeing it alone, you can think, well, it's beautiful, but I wish there was somebody to share it. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and that was the euphoric uh, uh, thing that I'm sitting there and I go, oh, my God, it's, it's, I, I, I can't believe it. I'm yelling. I'm in, yeah. my, I'm in my room and I'm going, oh, yeah. it's moving. I, you know, and I'm looking around. The door's closed yeah. in my room. Right. And I'm just going, oh, F, nobody can right. hear me. And, yeah. you know, and my, when my wife came in, Oh God! A couple hours later, uh, you know, it was like, I, you can't. Well, you know, right. I couldn't even get it yeah. out of my mouth, you yeah. know. But it was uh, it was exciting, and it was it was exciting for her, right? Uh, because guess what? There was hope. Yeah, and that's so important, and that's so, yeah, and so so you're going through the rehab process, which it had to be just overwhelming trying to go through, and so slowly but surely, you're starting to see things come back you're getting sensations in different areas and, and so at that point was it just you know it, did you focus on you know one arm at a time or was it how did you how did they kind of yeah i but we didn't know what was coming back and when it was going to come okay. back and, or, or even if know, probably if it, or if it was going to come back yeah. uh but as um and over the over the coming weeks um almost on a daily basis something would you know, it might be just a, that I could actually feel my leg um, when somebody moved it, that I could feel it, that it was moving. Right. Uh, you know, if you can imagine, um, uh, when I was, one of the things that happens is that uh, you have this uh, uh, sensation where you may think that your hand is laying across your stomach, where in fact it's laying on your side. Huh. It, it's just... Um, uh, I forget the term, but uh, there's a term for what that is. And, and uh, so you could think that you're touching your nose and your arm might be down, down touching your leg. And uh, huh. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, it's just a, a, a lack of association. The body doesn't know where things are. Uh, but uh, as they came back, um, I would just obviously tell people and um, we would work on those, but it, it, you just never knew what was going to come back, and right. it wasn't a matter of hey, my my arm is moving, therefore my my hands will move. Right. It there There's was no, no sequence to that, it. Uh, no, nothing at all. Okay. It just came back little by little, and as they tried to do, you know, what they they were actually trying to get me to walk. Mm -hmm. What they do is they suspend you from the ceiling. Okay. And um, you're in this harness. And uh, they basically take all the weight of your body and put it into the harness, and you're hanging there, if you will. And then they let your legs kind of like, uh, I'll say, uh, drag. And they actually have a, a, uh, a walker that you're supposed to put your arms at hand. Okay. But I couldn't grip on the thing. My grip was starting to come back in my left hand, but my right hand and my right side was more severely impacted by the, by the um, injury. Okay. And so... Uh, that was understood as they uh, watched me get better, if you will. They could say, okay, that makes sense. Um, he was more damaged on the right side than he was on the left in the spinal cord. Therefore, mm -hmm. the left side is going to respond a little bit, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how it went down. But yeah. you could never associate one with the other. So I'm kind of being suspended from the ceiling and they're uh, trying to walk me along and, 
it's like, okay, because I can now pick or move my leg, I can almost move it in a walking position and put it out in front of me. Okay. But I couldn't feel my foot. When I put my foot down, I would see my foot on the floor, but I couldn't feel it okay. being on the floor. Okay. It, and so they kept, why do you keep looking down? And it's like, because I can't lean forward into it because I can't feel that my foot is supporting and my leg is supporting right. me on that step. Therefore, you know, and, and so it, it, you have to start the, you know, you're just looking down, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of, and, and by stimulating, that actually stimulating some of your muscles by leaning into them and doing So it's, it's. Um, so you're just, you have to very cognitively, I mean, we, we walk, we don't think about walking oh, yeah, anymore. Well, so, but, yeah. but you're, it, for you, it had to be. You're very cognitive. Total of, concentrate. Yeah. Total concentrate. When I was done with the physical therapy, uh, you know, excuse me, <clears throat> when I was uh, done with that, I was mentally, probably more mentally exhausted than my body was physically exhausted. Right. It was just incredible. And that was, uh, but the payback was huge. Right. And, you, and, and, and so I got the, I was lucky. I got I hate to call it immediate feedback, but I got feedback relatively quick over a number of days and weeks or sure. whatever by that things started to move. Right. And you could put more complex movement into it. So not only uh, am I trying to hold my body upright, but I'm now moving my leg forward. And okay. I'm lifting it up and moving it forward. Now I'm putting it down and I can't feel it. So there's a mental side of, okay, trust. Right. Trust that it's there. Trust that it's going to hold you up. Trust that your muscles within your quad and your and your knee muscles and your calves are all going to engage mm-hmm. at the same time to hold you up. And um, and the body has to learn that again. Yeah. It, the whole the whole um, the sequence, the computer in the, in the brain, all has to be told. Guess what? You've got to do these things together to hold him up. Right. And and uh, and and that's kind of how I thought about it. You know, if you really think about, okay, what is the body doing? And, and, right. and it's kind of like bodybuilding. You sit there and go, okay, we have to confuse the muscles. Yeah. And I, you know, having worked out for forty five years, you sit there and go, okay, I know I can build muscle. It's just a matter of going to take some time and oh by the way the muscles have atrophied to the point to uh, there's so much atrophy that um i can't hold my body up right but i know i can make muscle right so what's the goal the goal is to make muscle right um do i know i can do it yes i do i've done it in the past so um and 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 i call that you could call that practice mm-hmm. uh, practice and making the muscle how do you do that um just go through the motions and strain it and work it Think about sending the muscle that message from the brain. And if you don't send the message, the muscle's not going to do any work. Right. And if it doesn't do any work, uh, you're not going to get any better. So it was really that basic. So kind of just breaking down in your own mind, what is the yeah. what is exactly the process yeah. that needs to happen here? And yeah. then physically creating that association again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was mentally, really mentally exhausting. And then you get back to the bed and you're laying there and, you know, and there were, I mean, you're just, people are coming to visit me and I'm, I'm dozing in and yeah. out and you know uh, and it's not because of the drugs it's just you know you're tired you know at the end of the day i was ready for my my i called the cocktail my cocktail was uh, uh, a uh, number of drugs before i went to bed right and they had different uh, uh things that would knock me out and, mm-hmm. and uh, which was good but when i woke up um i would be i was like a brick yeah uh, early on i was a solid every morning a solid brick 
um, and that went on for at least. Uh, so a brick, um, mean like stiff or? Uh, no, well, if you can imagine, you're just a, a, a head okay. laying on a bed, and your um, your most of your body is not moving at all. You can't mm-hmm. move much of it all. You're just starting to get some sensation right. back, and um, that that's probably uh, the hardest. Uh, is that you wake up in the morning and your and the drugs were drying me out to okay. the point to where my mouth was sealed. Yeah, every, I was sealed shut. I mean, it was like somebody put glue on it, hmm. and I would wake up in tears. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't talk, I couldn't move to call anybody, uh, and and I but I knew they were coming at six o'clock because that's what they, they I I was being cathed every okay every six hours they were cathing me so okay. I knew at six o'clock they were coming in and to cath me right and and as a result of that I knew they were coming and it was like I've got I'm laying there and my my body would be and 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 the medicine was wearing off yeah so I was in total pain okay and you sit there and go every morning it was you know. Uh, Everyone, it's Groundhog's Day every day. Yeah. Every day. It was, you wake up in the morning and you know, here I am. And I'm thinking every every day, every morning, how am I going to endure this pain? And how am I going to do this? And when is it going to end to where I don't have to wake up with my mouth sealed shut? Yeah. I, I just, I literally, when they got to me, they would, un, you know, unseal my mouth, pour a little water in it. I would choke a little bit. Uh, and then I would be able to start to talk, and then I could finally say, could you give me some water? Yeah. Uh, so how did you not lose hope in all of that? Boy, I, 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 I said this to you, I think, before. I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> I, I really, um, I didn't know. I, I don't give up. Yeah. I've never quit. Okay. I think, and I, I've never quit. Yeah. Uh, no matter what it is, um, for some reason, I think that I can get through it. Um, pain, yeah. um, early, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's being bullied when you're a young kid, people are laughing at you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, and you get through it. Yeah. Um, and you say, okay, survive that, you know, so why can't I survive something else that's maybe just as bad? Right. At that time, that felt like it was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was at that time, time in right. my mind, but uh, this was more worst, yeah. or worst of the worst. Yeah. I don't know what you can, but um, I don't know what drove me to think I could do it, but past experience said, you've been successful at all these other things, why not why at not this? this? Now, yeah. I hope the body comes along with it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't see any x-ray. I mm-hmm. didn't see anything say, well, Paul, this is where it was all screwed up, and you know, this is where we fixed you, so... I did see the the, the um, apparatus they put in my in my neck yeah. uh, to fuse everything, but it's like okay, that's the mechanical side. What about the rest of it? So, right. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what just past experience I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah, just pure belief yeah. that you yeah. know what, I, and and a refusal to accept anything yeah. else. And oh boy, by the way, you know I I'm not being a religious guy. I said a couple prayers. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I made a couple promises to. Whoever is out there, if there's a guy out there, and I'm still trying to find out if yeah. there is or not, um, and I know a lot of people sit there and go, well, you know, how could you, you know, there, there's the atheist and there's the other ones along the way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. My parents are very, very religious people, tremendously religious people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that deep belief, uh, but I 
you know, it's the old story. If you're in the foxhole and you're getting bombed, you know, you're sitting there going, dear Lord, yeah, um, please help me. And if you're out there, if you're out there, yeah, I need your help and I need it now. Yeah. And um, I basically said that um, I'll just I'll just tell you, I I made a, I made one promise that I can I can share the other ones I won't. Um, that if I could get to where I am today, or even close to this, maybe not even close to where I am today. Um, I will go out and I will talk about God. Yeah. And I will not be ashamed to talk about that I believe in him yeah. um, and that he's out there. I'm trying to find out if there really is one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am not convinced that there is or is not. But, you know, it's the old one. I'm not taking any chances and I'm not going to say, hey, the guy doesn't exist. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to need him again. Right. Uh, and maybe he does. And maybe he's going to sit there and and, 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 and bless me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and maybe I, you know, talk about blessed. I, I, I've been blessed. Yeah. Um, with all the people around me. Um, uh, the, the, the people, that, I mean, my wife, my God, I, I can't say enough about yeah. what she has done top and bottom since this happened. I mean, uh, I don't. I, I don't think I could ever do what she does. Yeah. And she does it willingly, lovingly. Um, she gets mad at me, um, but I deserve it probably. Yeah. Um, but God, I, I couldn't do. I couldn't be where I am today. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, and I really, my recovery is mostly, and I say this mostly because of her. Because hmm. if she didn't give me the ability to go to the gym. Every day. Basically, she said to me early on, the only thing I want you to do is worry about getting better and getting better so we can have a life together. And that to me was like, I, I can't ask for it. And she's lived up to it every yeah. day. I go off to the gym. as You, you, you yeah. see me over there. I, I go off to the gym. I come home. And I'm spent. Yeah. I'm dead. I, I, I drag my butt out of that gym. And, and I come home, and I plop down on the chair, and she'll see me when she walks in. There's Paul again sitting in the chair. Yeah. Uh, but I've done what I could do, and guess what? You know, and I get up, and I, I try to make dinner every night. Mm-hmm. I do make dinner every day. That's part of my physical yeah. and occupational thing. I try to do the dishes. I try to put dishes away. I try to take them out of the dishwasher. Yep. I put, those are all the physical things that I still have to do to, re, you know, to do more things to get where I need to be. Right. Those are things. But going back to Claudia... If, it's, if she's not here, I don't know that I could be where I am today. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. That I Until we got one. here talking about it right this second, um, you know, I've appreciated her and, and told her a thousand times. But yeah. um, it, it really, I, I look at it going here, I'm lost for words. Um, she's where I, she's the reason I'm where I am. Yeah. And she's going to and she's the reason I'm going to be where I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, I don't have to worry about anything yeah she's going to be there for me Isn't that awesome so yeah hmm. that's phenomenal yeah so paul um, it, 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 going through this journey and i uh, you know i i remember hearing about the accident and i was at the gym and and one of the the guys that you and i know in common told me the story and i was i was floored right i mean i just i i it was just shocked i couldn't even put it into words and so it was, and and periodically you get updates from people at the gym about what was going on and those kinds of things, um, and you'd hear some of the good news, and and you're just hopeful that you know that that that, that you know that that things were progressing, 
and uh, it, and I'll and I'll never forget the day that the the first day I saw you back in the gym and and you're haltingly walking you know through the gym and and uh, you know you and I were talking and and you know you're kind of explaining to me the. It, it, the, the journey of what you'd been through, the it, where you were at that stage, the you know, I, I remember you said to me that uh, uh, I think we were talking about walking, and you and you said, you know, when when you walk, you don't you just walk, you don't really think about it, and you, and you said, I, I have to, you know, if I don't think about the fact that I got to lift my foot up, I'll stumble, you know, mm-hmm. and and so you have to you have to think about each each little phase of what it took to walk to kind of you know put the sequence together. Um, so uh, phenomenal journey to come back to, to, to where you are now. And, and I love the, the 105%, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that because you can't come through a journey like this without being mentally better for it. Yep. That's, that's where the 5% comes in. Yeah. I mean, I, I had this vision of myself and I still do the old Paul, right? Um, um. The Hulk, yeah, um, yeah, and and all of a sudden the Hulk uh, is now a blob, um, and and doesn't have much because I, I placed a lot of meaning in, in what I look like, yeah, and, and 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 I took a lot of care in my body and stuff, and all of a sudden, that was stripped away, yeah, it's gone, and I had to make a decision, um, what am I going to be, because I've got this blob now, uh, I don't know if I can get back to where. I want to be, or the 105%, I'm going to take that journey. Yeah. But I don't know where it's going to take me, but I have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to make it different than it was before. Yeah. Now, still say this Paul, this old Paul, that, so I want that body. I want that body back, and I'm going to somehow get it. I, I, I'm convinced of that. I, uh, I don't know how long it's going to take. It might, you know, and I've got a little age working against me, yeah. but... Uh, you know, people will say to me, um, you know, Paul, you are getting older, so, you know, you probably, and I said, oh, bullshit. Yeah. You know, don't, uh, don't put a uh, limit know, on me. That's, that's, that, age has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, there are guys who are 80, 85 years old, and I see them lifting more than I am. So, guess what? Um, I'm, and I'm going to get that body back. So, um, or at least I'm going to take the journey, mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to do it. And, and, um, and now that people are, that to me is another challenge. Somebody says, guess what? Age has got you. Guess what? That's a challenge right yeah. there. That's telling me my age is, is now saying, I can't do this. Screw you. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And and so where did that come from? I don't know, but the blob is going to be something that's not a blob yeah. forever. Yeah. And, um, and then he will have learned a lot more along and sharing uh, this journey yeah. uh, with other people is one of the promises I made um, uh, to whomever that person is. Uh, I'm going to make this uh, uh, valuable to other people. Yeah. Uh, I don't see myself as being a uh, person who really is a deep thinker, mm-hmm. uh, but I am going to share my encouragement with anybody that I can. Yeah. And I'm going to encourage other people to look at people that are like me now um, or that have disabilities to be open and to, uh, uh, you know, ask somebody how they're doing. Yeah. Um, how's that guy who's coming out of the wheelchair, you know, and you're on the, you're on the uh, uh, elevator and you're the only one there with him and he's in a wheelchair. Um, how you doing? Um, you know, you, you may not want to say, hey, how, why, you know, what happened to you? But yeah. 
that person sitting there and they're feeling a lot less than you are. You've got the whole body. I don't have the whole body, and I'm. Uh, I've learned how to feel that way now. Yeah. Um, I've I've lived with those people, um, and and I'm one of them, and and I want people to say, hey, um, how you doing? And I'm lucky enough over at Midtown, my God, yeah. or uh, everywhere. I walk into that gym just about every day, if not every day. Not just one, but several people come up and say, how are you genuinely? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Or I read your story, or I heard about you. How did that happen? I've told my husband to stay off that ladder. Um, I, I now, uh, we hire somebody uh, to do the work because they're professionals, and I don't want my husband up there. He's X amount of years yeah. old, and he doesn't belong up there. Yeah. Um, it's just, those are the things that say, okay, this is a worthwhile journey. Yeah. I'm going to use it for what I can. Uh, not for me. Yeah. Um, I got an opportunity to express and help others, and I've actually been blessed to talk to people down at Horseheads, down in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. I, I met a guy down in Jacksonville, Florida, who was in a car accident and, and, and was sitting in a wheelchair, and I actually was talking to him, and uh, my wife said to him, you know, he, uh, Paul was in uh, accident, or, you know, had a fall and was like you about a year and a half ago and he um, he looks up at me he goes I can be like you mm-hmm. and I said and he was 33 years old and I, I go well I don't think you want to be like me because <laughs> I'm 69 but 67 at 68 at the time but I said but oh uh, yeah I said do you lift weights and he said uh, no I've never lifted weights before and I said they're right over there they're mm-hmm. right over there and I pointed to him I said you got to lift your weights. You got to get your muscles going. And he goes, so. And I said, I've lifted for a long time, and and um, I swear by it. And you've got to do that if you want to get out of that chair. Yeah. And my understanding is now walking. I understand you've gone back to work. Huh. So, did I have anything to do with it? I tried to encourage him. You gave him hope. Um, and and he thought, and his parents were there at the yeah. time, and they they look and and you know, like you said earlier, Dave. Uh, when you look at me now, you sit there and go, well, okay. So he walks a little funny, and he drags his leg a little bit. But you wouldn't sit there and say, well, he was in this condition exactly. a long time ago. Um, it's not, you know, so I understand why they look at me, and but that's hope for them. Yeah. You know, and it encourages me. It makes me feel as though, you know what, there's another challenge. I have to prove to these people that I can do it, that right. I can come back. Because I told him, I'm coming back to 105%. Yeah. So I've got something that I have to attain because I've been shooting my mouth off that right. I'm going to get 105%. It's the old story where, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And you tell enough people, yeah, you're obligated. you've got to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and so uh, it's, it's not bad to get out there and tell some people that this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So if you're, I don't know, running a company, this is where we're going to go. I'll start talking about it, you yeah. know, get it going. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, that's, you know, if you if people think you believe it, yeah, then they're going to start to believe it. Exactly. And when they start to see you doing it, right. it's going to be, you know what, maybe this is where we're going to go. Exactly. He, I, you know, it was a crazy idea, but guess what? We can do this. Yeah. And that's, you know, look at the teams, uh, sporting teams that oh, are yeah. like the crummiest there in the huh? You're in the last play. What was St. Louis? Like, yeah. Look at St. Louis uh, Blues. Yeah. Um, well, just last year. My God. Yeah. Last place. Worst team. All of a sudden, Stanley Cup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Somebody started believing. Yep. That's exactly it. So, 
whatever. So, Paul, let me ask, if if you had to share with, you know, uh, the folks that are listening, the the greatest lessons that you've learned from shattering, you know, four vertebra, um, being paralyzed from the neck down and, and the battle back, um, it, it, what would those lessons be? What, you know, what have you learned through the journey? Well, I think... Um, you, you got to take that first step, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, we talked about it before. My belief is you can always do one more, yeah. um, one more curl, one more. At least try, try to pick up the leg. Um, it, you may not be successful on that first lift, um, but talk about practice. Practice uh, gets you into the game, right? Yep. Um, so you do, the, you do the practice. So all the uh, work before, take that first step. Um, you fall down, you get back up. You know, it's we we you know life lesson. I mean, we all talk about you know take the first step. That first step is so challenging because of the fear yeah. of failure, fear of being made fun of, being fear of uh, uh, other people thinking less of you. And we have talked about before. Yeah. They're so busy worrying about themselves yeah. that chances are they're not worried about you falling down. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's funny for for five seconds and then you know you try it and guess what you don't fall yeah. and the next foot goes out so um, life lessons um, you know set the goal uh, you know believe you can do it and and you know all, you can always do one one more and it's amazing you can do us you're doing a sit-up yeah. and you get the number 10 don't stop at number 10 if you can do 12 do 12 yeah. but you get the 12 and you go you know what I got I've got another one in there, and you try to get it, but you don't get the 13, right? But you got halfway up there. Well, the next time you try, or two or three days when you try again, it, you're going to get 13. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of, all you're doing is building on it. So it's little building blocks. It's all the things we've talked about yeah. since we were little kids. Uh, you know, it's it's starting off and, and just building on little successes, you know, uh, hitting a baseball, uh, you know, it comes in faster and faster from the machine. And guess what? You get picked up with it. I know I can hit the ball. Yeah. So you got to believe it. Yeah. I think you got to believe in it. But um, you guys are very successful, and you you, you started a business. Yeah. Well, how are you going to get it going? It's just you and your partner. And all of a sudden, it's like, we're going to do something. We're going to be successful. And the goal is this, because I like doing this, and I'm good at it. And I, you know what? I have to go out, and I'm going to have to create a product, sell that product, so I've got to believe that it's the best product out there. Yep. And and if, if I can do that, um, I now have confidence in what I'm selling. So I'll, I've just got to get somebody to believe that this product is as good, if not better, than what I say it is. Yeah. Then i got to back it up. Yeah. And, and so that, for me, is, okay, my product is, okay, 105%. Um, I've got to produce that. Yeah. And then when I get there, I've got to go out and do... What I just said I was going to do was help others in any way I can. Um, so we're going to do that. There you you know, go. It's going to be pretty simple. Simple. Just uh, go out and have people talk to you and encourage you. I get so much encouragement, and as a result of that, it just makes me want to help other people. Yeah. And, and, it, I, I, and it's not one of those things where you sit there and go, oh, it makes me feel so good. Well, yeah. it does feel good. I'll yeah. tell you that. Um, but it's not... It's not what I'm trying to do, yeah. and it's not my my intent. So sitting here today uh, really is to uh, hopefully share my story to encourage others yeah. uh, to take that first step. Uh, it's uh, it, it only takes one. 
Yeah. And and um, if you believe that, um, you know that challenge that wants to, don't let fear stop you. And fear is one of the things that you know. There's the there's the uh, a fear of success or, or fear of failure, yeah. one or the other, you know, or pain. You know, we talk about uh, uh, pain and gratification. And um, what is more, uh, what's worse? Um, pain is horrible. Yeah. Success feels great, yeah. you know. And so uh, the pain or fear of not doing something, if you let that sit there and stop you from doing something, the, for the pain of, of that temporary a situation where you sit there and go, guess what? I failed and everybody's laughing at me. Okay, try it again. Yeah. Try it again. And you keep doing it. We talked about yeah. you know being a, a musician. And, um, you know, they don't build out the song right away. You know, they yeah. don't play the guitar right away perfect. It, it, it probably hits some bad notes. And, and that success that they had comes over many years of hard, hard, hard work. But the belief that we're going to have a good product here. There's going to be a good song that's going to come out of my you know, out of, out of this guitar or right. out of this whatever it is, trombone. And um, as a result of that, and I'm creating, I'm creating, I'm creating, but there's a lot of bad notes along the yeah. way. You sit there and go, okay, but it's the belief it's there. And once you got that, I I just think, you know, then it's, then it's off to the races, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, and I think that, uh, I think your point's exceptionally well taken. You can always do one more. Yeah. You know, and, and if you have that philosophy, just like 105%, you know, you have that philosophy. And if you stay focused on that consistently enough over time, it, you know, you, you're miles away, you know, ahead of where you started with. And uh, don't be ruled by the fears because we all have them. Oh, God. And oh, God. Uh, you know, it's, I guess, as you get older, you start to accept the fact that you will fail. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's embarrassing, but it's not as, as embarrassing as it was when I was 18, yeah. when I was nine years old and somebody was making fun of me. Uh, it's not, it's, it's, you learn to accept it and say, you know what? I lived through that, you know, and it's what, because you live through, it's like, okay, and it happens again, happens again. We all do stupid things. We yeah. all step in the mud. Uh, we get, you know, we get food on our, yep. our, our clothes. I do it almost every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm Mr. Mess. I call myself Mr. Mess. Um, but I try not to. But uh, it, after a while, you start to go, you know what? I did it again. I spilled yeah. on myself. And you can point to, you know, make fun of yourself. And, and, and people sit there and go, well, yeah. And then they all laugh and stuff. But we're all laughing together. Exactly. And, and, and it's not laughing at me. It's yeah. We're kind of laughing. And you feel comfortable about it. Yeah. Um, so if people can accept the fact that they will fail, but taking that one more step, it feels so much better when you're successful yeah. by taking that step and putting the next foot in front of that. It's like two and three steps are now, you know, where I am today, walking, go. walking as well as I can yeah. right now, but I will be walking better soon. Yeah, there so. you go. Well, that's uh, that's all anyone can ask. So, so Paul, through the course of uh, everything that you've gone through, obviously there was a tremendous support system that you had uh, at home. You talked a little bit about the difference that, uh, you know, Claudia had made and how you wouldn't have been able to make it through uh, with, without her support. Um, and I'm sure there were countless other people that it really made a difference through the course of the journey. So, it, it, you know, who, who were those people that, that, you you know, that really made a difference for you? Well, Dave, thanks for giving me the opportunity to... Uh uh, be very personal in this point because I just 
cannot end this interview uh, and, and podcast if I didn't really call out all the people that were so instrumental in my recovery and my continued recovery. So person, first of all, as you mentioned, Claudia, uh, her past and continued uh, care, I cannot say enough about her devoted love yeah. and support. Uh, what am I going to do? I mean, she's just everything. <laughs> uh, then there's a lady across the street, Sylvia Park. Yeah. My hero, as I call her. <laughs> uh, she had the courage to investigate the noise yeah. that happened on that fateful May 20th. I'll never forget her. And without her quick action, my life would have ended that day. Yeah. Wow. Um, then there's my children. Um, who I tried to, as I mentioned, I tried to get a hold of them. I couldn't get a hold of them. Yeah. But, boy, did they come to the rescue for the next five months when I was in the hospital. They showed up. Uh, every week, uh, they took spells. Uh, Kelly, uh, my my daughter, uh, would travel home from New York City uh, during the weekend. Uh, she would stay through May uh, through uh, Monday. Sean would come in and spell her on Tuesday through Thursday or Friday, and uh, that went on for several several weeks. Uh, I think it was almost five months that they adjusted their work schedules to be able to take care of me. On top of that, uh, they supported. Claudia in, in all that activity of trying to keep the house going and just keep things uh, in some some semblance of, of order, if you will, while I was uh, incapacitated. Then there's my oldest son, Chris, who uh, lives in Austin, Texas. Uh, very busy schedule, but boy, did he call all the time, checked on me all the time, flew home, uh, and even, uh, I mean, he used his vacation days. He did, and he doesn't get much vacation, but he shot home. So if I could just thank my immediate family. I can't say enough. And Sylvia. Then there's my parents, my brothers and sisters, my immediate family, my cousins, everybody that showed up uh, to visit me, to send cards, my friends. My God, I never realized how many friends I had. Uh, over 400 cards that I received. Um, I got cards from people that I don't even know from Italy, um, <laughs> sisters of St. Joseph. Uh, praying for me, and, and I mean, just it goes on and on and on. So I can't really thank people enough. I am blessed. I am blessed to have each and every one of them. Um, I, I just thank every one of you for your support, and you are the reason for my continued improvement. I will not fail you. There you go. Thank you so much, yeah. Paul. Thank you, Paul. Dave, thanks for the time. Sean, thanks for, for your time today. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, help is going to go out to some people. Hopefully we encourage them and, and give them the help they need. Um, this was a blessing for me. Uh, whether I, want, I have to look at it that way and appreciate everything you guys have opened up for me because I know this is going to just be the start of new opportunities for all of us. There you go. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming in and sharing some time with us today. Your story is, is a phenomenal one, and I think the, 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 the lessons from your journey are lessons that all of us can benefit from. So uh, very much appreciate you coming in and sharing Well, you're very welcome. Us. It was uh, a nice uh, sitting down with you and Sean. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that it was going to be uh, so simple and uh, that I could uh, share as simply as I, you know, and it helped me, uh, uh, you know, get a little bit out of my, 
uh, mind and brain here and be able to speak it a little bit around it because sometimes you know you have the thoughts but you don't put them in the words so uh, it gave me an opportunity to kind of share and hopefully uh, help uh, anybody and and it, 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 by uh, just uh, this little podcast that we're doing here today if there is anybody that I could help in the future um, you know my numbers and yep. they could get a hold of you and I would do anything and go anywhere to help them out do something online and I, I'd be very, very uh, uh, thrilled to help anyone uh, along the way because I've got some ideas that I think I could share and encouragement I think I could share as well um, uh, and hopefully help anybody uh, that uh, needs anything, whether it be a, a physical injury or uh, some mentally impaired or yeah. um, you know, there's just a lot of things out there that uh, uh, you never know where people are going to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, gee, could you talk to this person? Exactly. And I've been lucky enough to do it already with several people and uh, hopefully just added a little bit of uh, hope uh, to their uh, future uh, endeavors and, and how they get better and handle their life moving forward. So I'll go. leave it at that. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. Sure. Hey guys, one more thing before you take off. This is Motivational Intelligence Insider. It's just a very short, exclusive email uh, every Monday that comes from Dave, John, and the guests on this show. Uh, this is the only place they share their very, very best stuff, and it's delivered right to your inbox every single Monday. Uh, this could include exclusive tips for upping your game, uh, articles they're reading, videos they're watching, stories from the road, and on and on. It's the best way to kick off your week, and this content is uh, comes directly from Dave, John, and the guests, and is only available to subscribers of Motivational Intelligence Insider. So if you want these guys in Galaxy to email you their best stuff, go to 2logical.com forward slash insider. That's the number 2logical.com forward slash insider and drop in your email. And if you do, I hope you enjoy. The Motivational Intelligence Podcast is produced by the team at 2Logical. 2Logical is an international corporate training firm and the world's leading expert in motivational intelligence, which is the ability to understand, manage, and change the motives people have. 2Logical offers over 30 different keynotes, workshops, and full training courses to small, medium, and large Fortune 500 companies in 53 countries, a lot of which you're probably familiar with. Pfizer, Bank of America, GE, Constellation Brands, P&G, and more. All solutions are completely customized, and the feedback from these sessions will blow your mind. If you have any training or speaking needs or just want to say hey, head over to 2logical.com.